And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to another Game Notes podcast. I'm Dave DeFore. Tony Jones is here, I think. Tony, you there? I'm here. <laughs> My eyes have never seen a better player than Stephen Curry. That's what you said when you came on the call. And it was just like completely out of context to me. Listen, I don't know that I necessarily agree with you. I don't think I've ever seen a skilled player, but I don't know about better. I watched Michael Jordan. So did you. Mike has no business being in Steph's conversation. Listen, I'm going to say this on every podcast <laughs> just so I can just so I can ram it home. Okay. Okay. Until everybody figures out. All right. Uh -huh. Here we go. Can we talk about the Jazz now? Yes, we can. Um, <laughs> the Jazz, as we both predicted, were two and one in their first three games. Um, Wait a minute. Did we both predict it or did you predict three and oh? No, I predicted two and one. You sure? Didn't I? Didn't I predict two and one? Matter of fact, if you're listening, remind me. I'm not going to go back and listen, but I'm pretty sure it was two and one. It's two and one in my heart. I thought they were going to lose to Portland. They look pretty good. I mean, Portland is not quite where they're going to be. A month from now, you can see that they're still kind of trying to figure things out. But, man, Utah looked really good. And Rudy Gobert, in particular, these first three games, has been awesome. Yes, Rudy's been awesome. I just want to say something about the Minnesota loss. I know it looks like a really bad loss now, but Minnesota played really <laughs> well on Saturday. <laughs> Like yeah. they had Cat, they they had Josh Akogi. That was their first game of the road trip. They were nice. They and shot forty four percent from three. Yeah, they might not ever do that again for the rest of the year because they're yeah. not that great a shooting team. Well, right. This is the thing, right? Like in the game against against Oklahoma City, the three point disparity was part of it. Oklahoma City was fifteen for thirty eight. They've shot forty percent. The from Jazz three. have been bad. So there is a little bit of a the theme here early on, defending right? Defending the three through two of the three games this year, and people are blaming this defense on Gobert. Ironically, the Jazz were great at defending the three at the one team that should have shredded them from three, which was Portland. So <laughs> that's true. Riddle me that. Well, some of it's luck, right? Like we got a small sample here, so we're we're kind of grasping at straws. So a lot of it's luck. I'd like to see the luck adjusted numbers, but I haven't looked at them. I do think that it does highlight something that you wrote about. You wrote about Rudy Gobert over at The Athletic, and I love that you pointed out that what he does is really hard to quantify. He's one of the players that that is absolutely true. What he does every game. If he puts up 18 and 15, people think he has a great game. But that's not necessarily true because the, the way he affects the game on the defensive end is the most important part of what Rudy does. Right. And that's the thing. I've seen him, you know, I thought he played maybe a B to B plus game against Minnesota on Saturday. And he had 18 and 17. Mm -hmm. And I thought he played like an A minus game. Like I thought he was completely dominant in the second half against Oklahoma City, especially in that fourth quarter. Let's call it the fourth quarter. That fourth quarter was vintage Rudy Gobert. Every single possession, Rudy, he uh, protected the paint. He got the rebound. He made all of the switches that he, he needed to. He covered up for his teammates. He deterred shots. He deterred Oklahoma City ball handlers from even taking shots. And then he finished up the possession with the rebound. He did that basically the entire fourth quarter, particularly the last nine minutes after the Jazz fell behind by nine. And... 
was completely dominant and the Jazz came back and won the game. And he finished with 12 points and 10 rebounds. And you would look at the box score and you'd be like, ah, 12 and 10. Okay, he was okay. But truthfully, he was by far the best player on the floor. That's why it's so hard to quantify when and how Rudy plays well. Because I've seen him dominate games without scoring. I mean, I, I think he did that against Oklahoma City. When he was on the court, they were excellent defensively. Yes. But they haven't been able to, to do what we expected with those second units and having favors at the center. They haven't been able to hold that defense up. And then the three-point defense is troubling. They did it on Wednesday against Portland. Right. They haven't played well since Portland. They didn't play well Saturday. They didn't play well on Monday. They played nine good minutes on Monday, which was the last nine minutes of the game, which is kind of what veteran teams do. I would venture to say they didn't play well at all collectively against Minnesota. They got back into the game when the game was, you know, kind of out of reach. They got back into the game. They gave themselves, you know, a menial chance uh, to win the game. I know that the game ended up a possession game down the stretch and the Jazz had a chance to tie. But, you know, truth be told, watching that game, I didn't think that the Jazz had a real shot at winning that game. The segue to this is, right, they've got to play well this week if they want to win some games because you're not going to play Phoenix, the Los Angeles Clippers, the San Antonio Spurs and the Brooklyn Nets and expect a win if you don't play well. So the Jazz have some cleaning up to do. A hundred percent. What's going on with the bench, man? Like Favors plays 11 minutes the other night. Is everything okay with him physically? Oh, he's fine. Okay. Just stinks right now. What did he do? Not stinks, but I don't, I think he's played well. I think he's just not, he's not giving him enough defensively. I think they need a little bit more when Rudy's I actually think Derek's played well. I'm going to disagree with you there. Oh, that's fine. That's part of the beauty of basketball, right? I think Derek's played fine. I think he was better in his first two games than he was on Monday. I thought that if you could point to something on Saturday is that the Jazz left Derek alone with Carl Anthony Towns in fourth quarter minutes, and he didn't fare really well there. But, you know, to be honest, I look at the Jazz, you know, the things that they aren't playing well at, I don't really look at it as their bench. I think that they collectively, starters and bench, aren't guarding well at the three-point line. I think collectively, starters and bench, they just played 96 minutes of blah basketball. And I don't think that's on the first unit or the second unit. I think that's a team thing. They're not going to give up 40% on threes for the season. Well, you would hope they wouldn't, (laughs) but... It's going to be a long year if that's the case. I mean, the shots that they gave to Minnesota and the shots that they gave... To Oklahoma City, when you look at the quality of shots that they surrendered in both of those games, then yeah, pro teams are going to shoot 40% from three if they're wide open. And those are the shots that the Jazz were giving up. So this is an interesting thing that we saw in the bubble. Right. Like the shot making without a crowd is different than it is under usual circumstances. And I wonder if we might see teams that do more drop coverage like Utah does get, you know, punished for it a little bit. And maybe they do have to alter their scheme a little bit. I think that it's like a lot of communication issues. I look at a possession against Oklahoma City where Darius Baisley ended up with like such a wide open shot from the corner that he had, he basically had time to sing his ABCs before he let the ball go. And that was because the Jazz got hung up on a switch and they miscommunicated the switch and two guys went above the break and left Baisley alone in the corner. And Baisley, obviously, he sinks to three. And that's the kind of stuff that's been happening to the Jazz in the last 96 minutes. I don't think they play well defensively at all 
against Minnesota at any juncture of the game. And like we said earlier, they played a really good nine, eight to nine minutes defensively against Oklahoma City, which is why they got themselves back into the game. And because they were down by almost double digits with about eight minutes to go. You know, that game was teetering on the edge of, okay, if Oklahoma City makes one more mini run, this is a 13-point game and the game is over. They've had two days off. You know, they basically took a a pro day on on Tuesday. They practiced on Wednesday. They're going to need it because... These next four opponents, if they play anything like they played the last two games, they're going to go 0-4 in these next two opponents. But, you know, we'll see if they come back and play well and play better. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Tony, you were just mentioning the tough schedule. I would say Suns Clippers back-to-back is surprisingly tough. That's uh, whew. I would not want to play those two two teams back to back. Well, it's a, it's a tough back to back stylistically, right? Because there are going to be a lot of possessions in the Phoenix game, and you're going to have to play every possession because that Phoenix team, man, that team can score and score in bunches. So you're going to have a lot of possessions in that game, and you're going to have to turn around and play a really physical Clippers team that can shrink the floor defensively and really beat on you defensively. So playing the Clippers in a one-off, that'll drain your legs just by itself. Even if those games are at home, that's that's a tough back-to-back for the Jazz. Yeah. So let's talk about the Suns. Um, obviously, DeAndre Ayton, wonderful offensive center. How do you like the matchup there for Rudy? Because I, I do think Ayton, it, it could be a guy that poses him a little bit of trouble, but Ayton's not very physical. So in order for Aiton to actually pose the trouble, he's going to have to to add that for this game. I don't see that happening. Uh, but theoretically, it could be a guy that, that Rudy could struggle with. I don't think Rudy will struggle with him. I think he's quiet. <laughs> I don't I think either. Rudy's quiet. I oh, think man, Rudy's, we're, gonna, we're adding drama here, I think Tony. He's quiet. Tony, we're adding then, drama. Then let's talk about Serge Ibaka then. Like, Rudy could struggle with Serge Ibaka because – Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Rudy's quite a bit better than Aiton. Like quite a oh, bit. Oh yeah, for and sure. So oh no, I mean it's not even close. If Rudy plays well against Phoenix, he's going to be pretty impactful in that game. So do you worry about the scoring, the versatile scoring that Phoenix has? I mean, they score from the perimeter, they score inside. Yeah, they, they shoot the three, they shoot it deep. I mean, I'm worried about that three ball. They've got they- every level of scoring. So you know, obviously they've got a plethora of shooters. Obviously Devin Booker is as dynamic a scorer almost as we have in this league. And then they have isolation scoring in the last five minutes. Book and Chris Paul, if Rudy's going to have issues with anything, it's going to be with Chris Paul in the last five minutes because the best part of Chris's game scoring-wise is the weakest part of Rudy's game defensively, which is Chris gets into his mid-range and Rudy's got to 
be off the pick and roll, off the and We've off seen the it a million coverage. times already. Right. So the good news is I think the Jazz offense will look much better against Phoenix than it did against Minnesota and Oklahoma City because as bad as Minnesota and Oklahoma City are going to be this year, they had the personnel to throw Utah's offense off, which is they had – Tough, athletic, big, physical, big body guards that could really bother the Jazz guards. And Phoenix doesn't have, outside of Javon Carter, Phoenix doesn't have those kind of guys. So I think the Jazz will be able to score pretty well against Phoenix. My question is if they can defend well against Phoenix, given how they defended against Minnesota and Oklahoma City. All right, so what's your prediction? Are they going to win or are they going to lose against Phoenix? I I think they're going to lose. I think Phoenix is just – they're on fire right now. And with the way that Utah is defending the three-point line, I think it's going to be trouble. I think it's going to be a possession game down the stretch, and I I think the Jazz are going to find a way to win it. And then they're going to have real issues on Friday against the Clippers. That's my – honestly, my – Biggest concern is that back-to-back and that Clippers game. I, I think that Utah matches up pretty well with the Clippers they do. because they have Gobert, and, and really there's just no answer for him. Well, actually, on the Clippers, S- Serge Ibaka, except for Serge Ibaka, <laughs> Serge Ibaka gives the Clippers a, a dimension against Rudy that they ha- they haven't had. A legitimate rim protector that can space the floor. Yeah, uh, Jamichael Green was not right. that. And Serge has played really, really well against Rudy the last two years. I mean, like exceedingly well. So given that, I think that Rudy has a little bit more issue against the Clippers than he did against the Suns. But like the Suns, unless you want, you know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to chase around, to chase Donovan Mitchell around all game. If you want to put one of their conventional guards on Donovan, Donovan should have a big game. Or Mike Conley should have a big game. You don't think Patrick Beverly? Well, so that's the issue, right? Like, you need the other guys. See, like, Patrick Beverly on Donovan Mitchell is a lot like P.J. Tucker on Donovan Mitchell. So if you have – if those two guys get Donovan in a phone booth, then their physicality and their aggression can can be effective against Donovan – but if Donovan gets him in the space at this point, he's too he's too good for them in space. So if he gets in space against Pat, yeah, he's, no, I get he's exactly. gonna go by him. But if Patrick can get him in a phone booth and get him with there where there's no space and little separation, then you know his physicality can can have an impact on Donovan. The difference between Pat Beverly now, because Pat's in his 30s, you know, Lou Dort and Josh Akogi, those guys. Those guys are young and spry, and they can still move laterally. Pat can't move laterally like those, like Okogi and, and and Dort can at this point. So who's gonna win? I'm gonna go with the Clippers on Friday. I think the Jazz will lose one of those games. I think that's how it'll go. Is everybody playing? Uh, as far as I know, okay, so far. Okay. So as long as everybody's playing, I think the Clippers are gonna are gonna win. I have them dropping both of those games in the back to back, and I I feel kind of like with you, right? Like I don't I don't feel as good about the Phoenix loss or, or predicting a loss there. I do think that 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 one's pretty close, but I want to see how they how they handle the Ibaka matchup because you know the the knock on Rudy which is inaccurate is that you can play him off the court in the playoffs it doesn't happen number 1 he gets played off because they wind up needing more shooting it's not because of the defense so i want to see if they can match up with a team that's going to have as much shooting on the court as the as the clippers and keep rudy on the court when abaca's out there that's what i want to see and then the spurs uh they're going to san antonio to play the spurs on sunday and they've been feisty 
That's not a bad basketball team in San Antonio. Now, they're not necessarily a good one, but they're not bad. I think the, the Jazz should win that game pretty easily, but <sighs> it's not going to be. I, don't think. I think they should be able to win it pretty easily. Did you see the Spurs against the Jazz last year? Yeah, I was there. Oh, that's right. You were there. You yeah. know what? Because <laughs> yeah. we went out. That night we went out after. <laughs> yeah, yes, we right. did. Yeah, we had a good. We had well, a good then time. you should know that the Spurs have played exceedingly well against the Jazz. <laughs> but I know that Lamarcus Aldridge is playing way too much, and now he's he's doing doing well spacing the floor for for San Antonio. But defensively, he's been awful, and I think Rudy Gobert could have a huge game. Theoretically, but for some reason, the Spurs shoot a million percent from. Is this another Minnesota thing? They, is this I'm another tell- Minnesota listen, thing? Listen, I. I think the Spurs game might actually be the toughest game on the Jazz again in that four. Oh, I'm come serious. On they listen. The Jazz struggled. That's too much. They respect. have struggled with the Spurs the la- their last two or three years. I don't know what it is about Pop. Even last year when the Spurs were bad, like they were bad. He takes Quinn Snyder out to dinner and gets I don't you know, know what it softens is. I have him up. No idea what it is. They get into the mid range. They shoot a million percent. Uh, DeMar DeRozan just ate the Jazz for lunch last year. That's a rough game, especially down in San Antonio, especially a third game in four nights. That's a rough game for the Jazz. I'm going to say the Jazz lose that game. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So we're both pessimists about the next three games. I think it's a tough it's tough. I think those are our tough three games for the Jazz. Then you got Brooklyn. And if you want to expand it, then you have the Knicks, then you have the Knicks on the back to back and the Knicks are playing well. And then you've got the Bucks. And then two you days got the later. Bucks. And then after the Bucks, <laughs> the road trip kind of turns a little bit easier where the Jazz should be able to pick up some wins. Yeah. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. They should be able to run off four wins straight uh, with Detroit, Cleveland, Washington, and Atlanta. Well, the Atlanta one, that's the first game at home, and, and the Jazz traditionally suck their first game at home <laughs> after after a long road trip. I don't know the ins and outs of how because they respond Because that's the, the thing, right? The like, they're going to be playing nine – I think they're going to be playing nine – consecutive games in separate arenas counting the Atlanta game back home at Vivint mm-hmm. yeah and then going to Denver going to Denver and then they come home for like I believe what five or six or something like that this schedule is absolutely insane it's a tough schedule alright so so we both expect one and two over the next three wait a minute we gotta get then we gotta get Brooklyn right oh that's Brooklyn's that's a good Tuesday. point we record next Wednesday so yeah we gotta get Brooklyn Brooklyn oof man <laughs> uh, as long as Kyrie and KD are playing I think that's a Brooklyn win. I'm going to agree with you. Wow, we're going one and three. We're being very pessimistic. For two people that are that are relatively non-pessimistic. To be honest, I don't know if this pessimistic. is pessimistic because I just think that a lot of these are, well, Brooklyn obviously stands out on its own, but 
you know, the Clippers and the Spurs, those are schedule things. Exactly. When you get to the Spurs, that third game in four nights, those legs are going to be dead. And I love saying this because, you know, Jazz fans still, sometimes they still don't understand the logistics of how legs can die during the NBA schedule. <laughs> and you don't look like yourself. <laughs> well, it's because they watched Carl Malone and John Stockton. You think that's what it is? I think so, man, because those guys just played – you know, what do they play? 40 minutes a night for 15 years? Their legs never died? I mean, I'm sure that they did, but I'm uh, what I'm saying is that they watched those guys do it. Yeah. I get it. I can get it because the we know so much more now about the body. And so there are certainly a lot of people. I mean, I talked to somebody the other day about load management, and this guy was very against load management and, uh, when Kyrie set out. And I was like, well, Kyrie has never been healthy for a full season. He's got a bad knee. And if you're Brooklyn, you want to save your bullets. I think that we're going to get to a point because of how condensed this season is where I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing Mike Conley and Boyan and Ingles. 100%. The older guys start taking some of these nights off, especially on the back. 100%. Because of the dead legs. 100%. They're going to have to start thinking about April, May, June, and July sooner rather than later, especially because this schedule is insane. You said it was 37 games in the in the first 71 days, right? Yes. It's a nearly impossible schedule. So I'm with you. They got to watch those legs and, and the travel. The little bit of travel that they're doing is not going to help. Yes, I agree. You know, I, I think that it would behoove the Jazz to play really, really well while they're fresh. Agreed. They need to win that game against Phoenix, I think, to set the tone. I agree with you, but we're not going to use the word must win on this podcast. Oh, no, no, just, no, no, no. And also, I'm by so the way, everything that we, we talked about, that. there's three games. <laughs> and everything should should be taken with a grain of salt because there's only been three yes. games. I do think the Jazz should have won them. I don't want to say needed to win that Minnesota game, but it would have been nice to have that Minnesota game so they could go it been nice to bank it. into this stretch 3-0 and because these next six games actually are going to be pretty real for them. Well, the good thing is by this time next week when we're recording, we are going to have a much better sense of what this team actually is how it's changed since last season. We'll, we'll hopefully be able to see what the difference is in their three-point defense and how much of that three-point success of their opponents is luck versus scheme. And we'll get those answers in particular because of the teams that they're going to be playing. Brooklyn and Phoenix in particular, just shooting the lights out. So uh, that's going to do it for Game Notes this week. Still got my petition in to call it Jazz Notes. Although I did find out what uh, Ben Anderson's podcast is Jazz Notes, right? Ben Anderson's podcast. Shout out to Ben Anderson from KSL. His podcast is Jazz Notes. We don't need Jazz Notes as our because Game Notes is a better name. Okay. All right. I'm gonna make sure that uh, make sure you tell Ben. Yes, we're gonna at Ben when this when this podcast just drops. <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this week. We'll be back next week with more Game Notes. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 